Welcome to the Best You 2022 Virtual Women's Summit Spiritual Growth Track. My name is Marnie Swedberg. I'm the host of this summit as well as a missions ministry mentor. I have a program over at Marnie.com called the Mentorship Program. And every month we go through a 21-day win where you can complete a project or make a new habit to break an old one. Join us at Marnie.com. Right now I'm excited to introduce you to Maggie Cavanaugh on the program Keys to Freedom in Christ. Be sure to share this out and invite a friend right now in also don't forget to download the full schedule where you can get at any of the sessions and all of the swag prizes. Maggie's got a gift going for you over at her session page, 14 days to your mountaintop experience. And then at the end of this session, she'll be drawing two winners, not drawing really, there'll be two winners announced at the end from people who are active in the chat room at the end of the session. So don't go anywhere. Keys to Freedom in Christ is such an important concept. You'll explore areas that hold you back from walking in Christ and leave ready to face any challenge from a fresh biblical perspective. We'll be addressing rejection and fear, offense, and negative mindsets. Maggie Cavanaugh has defeated cancer, survived a dysfunctional family, and overcome a destructive lifestyle. She is known for her transparency, passion, and energy as a speaker, broadcaster, life coach, and author. And she is also a speaker available to you over at womenspeakers.com. Welcome to you, Maggie. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about keys to freedom in Christ. Welcome, everybody. I'm so thankful to be here with you. And special thanks to Marnie for putting on this amazing summit. Now, I know you've heard from a lot of women yesterday and the day before, but today we're going to talk about keys to freedom. So grateful that you're here. So I want you to grab a pen, a piece of paper and coffee or whatever your favorite morning beverage is, because we will hit the ground running. We've got a lot to talk about today, and I am excited to bring this topic to you because this is not only something that I have personally gone through, but this is is something that everybody needs to go through. I mean, you would not go through your life without doing a spring cleaning at your house, right? You would not uh, drive your car around without getting an oil change. And so all of you women out there that are thinking, do I really need that? I don't know about the whole freedom thing. I'm free, right? I'm free in Christ. That's exactly right. You are, but we have to remind ourselves of that. We have to turn around and say, okay, Lord, what kind of tune-up do I need? Do I need a tune-up from the neck up? Do I need uh, what in my life needs to change? What in my life needs to grow? And so today we're going to talk about that. This is one of my favorite topics because I personally went through so many things that caused me, um, even after I became a Christian, it caused me to have just a, um, a, um, misunderstanding of who I was until I find out found out who I was in Christ, I really basically was just going through the motions and trying to earn God's grace. And you know what? Grace is a gift. It is a gift. But if we don't know who we are, it's really hard to receive. So I hope you got your coffee. I hope you got your hot tea or whatever it is you drink. And we're going to go ahead and get started. So I want to talk to you about the biblical keys to freedom in Christ. Now, the world will tell you there's a lot of ways to get free. And I am not knocking anything that out there, but I do want to tell you that if you do the work, God meets you right where you're at. So what do we need freedom from, right? 
The Bible says that we're in the world, but not of the world, but we still have to deal with world issues, don't we? And I believe that this side of heaven, there are going to be a lot of different things that we deal with until Jesus comes back. Amen. So what are the things that we're struggling with? Some people, it might be, maybe you're struggling with uh, some sort of addiction. Maybe you're struggling with anger. Maybe you're struggling with resentment or bitterness or anything like that. Maybe you're struggling with... Um, your mindset. Maybe you're dealing with rejection. The list goes on and on and on. And I'm here to tell you today that regardless of what you're going through, Jesus understands. He knows. The Lord knew that we were going to have troubles. So when we look at our lives and we look at how we're dealing with things, we have to look at how is our root system, right? Because I love to garden. I am passionate about gardening. So if I was to grow tomatoes, I would get tomatoes, right? If I was to grow cucumbers, I would get cucumbers. If I go out there and plant those seeds, that's what I'm going to get on my return. Same way with our life. If we have insecurities, low self-worth, anger issues, no control, distrust, hurts, angry, jealousy, uh, guilt, pride, all those things. If those things are in our root system, they're going to come out. They're going to come out on the outside. And then we're going to be faced with fruit that stinks, right? And the Bible says that we're known by our fruit. <laughs> so we want to make sure that our fruit has the aroma of Christ. And we're never going to, you know, we're never going to arrive. We're never going to be perfect. We're, but we have a duty as Christians to represent the Lord well. I mean, how many of y'all know that Christians uh, get a bad rap? We do. And why do we get a bad rap? Because a lot of times there are people that do not know the Lord who will say things that um, do not represent the Lord or they'll walk in all kinds of uh just things that are just dis discerning or disheartening maybe to the Lord. So I'm here to tell you today that he is for you. And if you sow the right seeds, you will get the right harvest. And he wants to wants you to walk in the fertilizer of his love, his peace, his, oh, just, I love the fruits of the spirit that come from being a Christian. But some behaviors that we have can really be repulsive to the world. And they'll look at Christians and they'll think, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be like that because they see people that are bound up. So we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the Lord. And we also owe it to those that we serve and love to deal with our root system and to say, God, what is there that needs to be removed? What is going on inside of me that potentially could hurt someone or potentially could misrepresent you. Have you ever heard the term, um, maybe the term of um, abusing God's grace? You know, I know when I was a young believer, there were so many times that, you know, I was just like, well, you know, I'll just pray about it or I'll just repent. But, you know, after a period of time, that stuff started to build up and it started to cause some problems. I had so many issues when I came to the Lord. And we'll talk about that towards the end. And I hope that you will stay tuned because at the end, we've got a couple giveaways. I'm going to be giving away two coaching sessions that are very valuable for you to just kind of have a conversation with someone to look at your root system and see how your root system is doing, right? So here we go with our checkup. All right. What are some of the potential things that can happen if we do not deal with our root system? Right. If we have those things that I mentioned, we will end up with uh, trees of despair, you know, addictions, depression. Uh, it will affect your physical health. Uh, you know, your emotions are directly related. You, we cannot separate who, how God created us. We are spirit, soul and body. And if you allow yourself to be emotionally ill, 
which is part of your soulish realm, you could potentially affect your body, your physical body. So we're here today to just have an open conversation. So if you have questions, we will have a Q&A towards the end of the broadcast. But in addition to that, feel free to put stuff in the chat stream. Share this out with your friends. Let's get together, have our coffee this morning and talk about freedom in Christ. So I know in my early walk with the Lord, I had to go through lots of issues uh, with him. I just, you know, I went through counseling, which is a good thing. I spent 15 years doing marital counseling and women's counseling and ministry. And I have to say that there is a less stigma now than there used to be. It used to be if people got help, it was a situation like, oh, there's something wrong with you, right? No, that's that's the biggest lie that the enemy throws out there. Why? Because he doesn't want you to process your feelings. He does not want you to weigh it out to the word of God and to find out who you are. And so there has been a negative connotation on those type of things. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to speak and teach in Freedom Weekends, which is basically where we go off and we deal with things like rejection and fear and unforgiveness and all of those things that will clog up our root system. We want to have good soil and the soil is watered by the word of God that gives us more and more ability to walk in his love and his truth. So I'm just wondering today, what is it are you wanting to get free from? Is it a negative mindset? Is it rejection? Is it fear of the unknown? I mean, my goodness, we see a lot of these things going on. I want to give you a quote from one of my favorites, which is D.L. Moody. There are so many fathers in the faith that I absolutely rely on uh, to uh, be encouraged. You know, the Bible is my number one source for encouragement, but there are some fathers in the faith that I love, and D.L. Moody is one. And he, he says, something one time that really struck a chord with me. And that was before we pray that God would fill us, I believe we ought to pray that he would empty us, right? Empty us. We cannot serve him to full potential if we don't allow him to search. You know, even King David knew this. And he said, search me, oh Lord, is there anything in me that needs to go? And of course, I'm paraphrasing their uh, modern day translation here. But is there anything that needs to go? Is there anything that's going to cause me a hindrance in serving you or loving you or being a vessel? God has called us to be a vessel for him to flow through. And if he's, you know, we're all clogged up with all of our, our hurts and our wombs and our unforgiveness and our offense and rejection and fear and all of that stuff, it is harder for him to flow through. So with that being said, I want to basically talk to you about rejection because this is what stops so many people from interacting, maybe getting into a small group, maybe getting into a community. I firmly believe that we heal in community. God created us to be relational. He created us to be together. You know, he had the 12 and, uh, and of course, influenced the, the multitudes, but they were that iron sharpening iron and they had to work through a lot of things themselves and also relationally. So if we are thinking about isolation, right? And this is what the enemy does. Whenever we are fearful, whenever we're dealing with uh, oppression or depression or anything like that, the first thing we want to do is we want to go and hide, right? We want, we don't want to be around anybody. We don't want to talk about anything. And we start to shut down. We do not want to shut down, right? Because it is the uh, banana that gets pulled away from the bunch that gets eaten. It's a true story. True story. You will get taken out if you do not 
allow community, those that you love. The Bible says out of the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So you want to be in those environments where you can heal. Now, I'm not saying share all your junk. Don't, don't do that. That's just not wisdom. Sharing all of your junk all of the time is just not wisdom. <laughs> but you do want to have the, that, that group of people, those core group of people that can encourage you along the way when you're going through things. So when we're thinking about rejection, this is something, oh my gosh, I've had to deal with this a lot over the years. Uh, you know, my father um, and mother, they divorced when I was in the womb. And um, my father had someone pregnant outside of the marriage. And so there was that constant, like, he doesn't love me. He doesn't want me and so forth. And a lot of times it makes it hard for us to uh, relate to our heavenly father because we start to look at him like we did our earthly father. And it's hard to receive. But I'm here to tell you that he is nothing like our earthly father. He is nothing like our earthly mother. He is the great I am that is, is there through all the trials and tribulations. And you know what? When Jesus was on this world, he dealt with rejection. I mean, even in his own community, right? It's like, oh, uh, that's just Joseph's son, right? I mean, how, I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine that? That's just Joseph's kid. No one took him serious. So he was rejected. And he said that if they did that to you, or to me, they're going to do that to you. Hagar, Hagar, man, she was out there feeling rejected and wounded. But yet God said that, you know, he's the God that sees her, the God that sees you. And he sees you right now. He sees you with whatever it is you're going through. Maybe it's uh, a painful divorce. Maybe it's a, uh, one of your kids have gone astray. Maybe a family member is on drugs. Whatever it is that you are going through, he sees you and he wants to heal you and restore you, right? And so I'm, I'm just here to say that if you're dealing with rejection, I'm asking you right now, take a deep breath, let it out and say, I reject rejection. I will not allow rejection to stop me to do what God has called me to do because there are so many things that it'll keep you from doing things, right? So we, Jesus said that in this world, we're going to have tribulations, right? We're going to have troubles. We're going to have sorrows. We're going to have all kinds of things going on. But he went on to tell us, but cheer up or be of good cheer, depending on what translation you're reading out of. I have overcome the world. And so what does overcoming look like? Overcoming looks like dealing with your root system and getting to the place where those things don't bother you anymore, where those things just slide off of your back so that you can be fully invested and fully emptied to where God can use you and restore you and heal you to help others, right? So what stops us from doing that? Fear? Fear. Fear is, you know, the Bible says that fear has torment, right? And I can promise you that if there's not anything else we have seen in the last couple of years is people operating in fear. Now, I'm not going to go uh, take any political stance on this, but I will tell you that we cannot live in fear and faith at the same time. The fear that has torment will keep you awake at night. Fear will control you. It will keep you from doing um, the things that God has called you to do. It will keep you in bondage. Fear brings bondage. And so the problem with fear is that it will kind of like stunt your spiritual growth. Instead of moving forward in faith, you'll stay in that comfort zone. But you know, it says in Isaiah 41, and I love this, it says, so do not fear for I am with you, right? He is with you. He reminds us of that. It says, do not be dismayed because I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous hand. Those are the type of things when fear comes in, we have to know that he is with us. 
And all throughout the Bible, and it's said, and it depends on which translations you're reading, but there is over 365 times where he says, fear not, right? And why did God tell us to fear not so many times? He told us that because basically he knew that it was going to be an everyday struggle. I mean, and we we have to be careful of speaking fear into our lives. I have been asking the Lord, please, in 2022, help me put a guard on my mouth that I don't say what I see. We have to be discerning. We have to be wise. We have to know that uh, fear will fuel more feel, fear. And so when we're afraid, we need to stop and say, Lord, you are with me. You are with me. And we have to trust him. I mean, these are biblical keys of being able to walk out true freedom, true liberty in Christ. So one of the ways that you can keep from being fearful is to be filled with love. <laughs> the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. And I absolutely love that scripture. I love that scripture for many reasons because love covers a multitude of things, right? And when we are walking in love and we get our mind off of ourselves, then we become more like Jesus because see, he wasn't worried about what was going on. Jesus only did what he saw the father do. And so therefore, if we keep our eyes fixed on him and we only do what the father does and says for us to do, we cannot be in that place because it says in John 4, 18, that there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. The only perfect love that you will find this side of heaven is the love of Christ. There is nothing like it. It has changed my life and he is there to change yours. So another thing that you have to do is be able to be strong and be of good courage. You know, we read this in Joshua. It says, you know, have I not commanded you? Right now that that right there really resonates with me because it's not a recommendation, right? It's not a recommendation. It is literally a command. It says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That means, you know, uh, the scriptures tell us that he knows us when we rise up. He knows when we lay down. He knows everything about us. His thoughts about us are like the sand on the beach. So I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just so fired up this morning because I am passionate about this topic. But I want to tell you now that he is for you. And so you have to be careful because fear will allow a foothold to come into your life. And the Bible tells us not to let a foothold, um, don't give the devil a foothold because if you give him a foothold, he'll come in with a stronghold. And he does that by using offense. Offense is something that will stop you from moving forward. And in first Peter, it says that it's a stumbling block. A rock of offense will stumble because they disobey the word, right? I mean, if the Lord says this is a stumbling block and we allow it in our life, it's going to trip us up. A stumbling block is something that is in your way. It'll stop you from that. We're called to freedom, sisters. We're called to freedoms. And the more that we love and walk in truth and according to his word, the freer we will get. So why do we get offended? We get offended because of unrealistic expectations. Maybe they did not live up to what we thought they should live up to. My goodness, your pastor is not perfect. Your spouse, he has some, he has some things that God's working on right? And, and another way is our wounded spirit. We have problems from our childhood, different areas that fuel into our life. And then we tend to hold on to things. And then we assume, you know, a negative intent, right? We're always thinking, you know, you can, you know, victim mentalities. And each one of these topics I'm talking about, 
takes weeks of working through things. That's why I'm saying to you, get with a uh, pastor, a trusted friend, uh, a counselor, a coach uh, to work through some of these things if these are striking a chord with you. But you have to make sure that um, you. the Bible says in Ephesians to always be humble and gentle and be patient with one another, making allowances for each other's faults because every effort, okay, um, to keep ourselves united in the spirit, building or binding ourselves together with peace. And when we think about that, we screw up too. I'm, I'm here to say this morning, I'm not perfect. I'm here to offend you by saying you're not perfect. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to offend you at all. I'm trying to get you to cut some people some slack. So when they do those things that cause you pain or grief, and whether it's intentional or unintentional, and I will tell you over the years working with people, a lot of times that offense when it comes, it comes only from a misunderstanding. Usually it's a misunderstanding. You know, those unrealistic expectations. I have done so much marriage counseling where that is the main thing. They have unrealistic expectations because maybe they did not prepare for the covenant that God had for them. And they think that their spouse is going to change things. So with that being said, I want to tell you that there are some things that you can do working through that process. It's acknowledging your pain. Okay. Don't suppress your pain. I did that for so many years. I would literally, I can remember being a young woman and I would say, Ooh, I'm going to put that on ignore. Ooh, ooh I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to press that down. And I suppress so much stuff and you've got stuff here, bam, you know, going up and to the point where you're so filled and all of a sudden all your junk comes out. God's trying to move through you. And you've got all of this anguish, all of this hurt, all of this pain, all of these things that stop you from moving forward. Why? Because we did not acknowledge our pain. We stuffed it. Do not stuff your pain. You've only got so much room and so much emotional capacity. And then when you stuff things, it's going to spill out somewhere. It's going to spill out in your relationships, your health and other areas. And when you least expect it. So acknowledge your pain and think through it, process through it. Like I said, get with a trusted coach to help you to move forward from your pain. Imagine why that person might have done that. I mean, if they um, are, you know, in addiction, um, maybe that is something that is a root cause from some generational pattern. Uh, maybe if they are um, have said sharp curt words to you, maybe it's because that's how they were brought up. I mean, step in their shoes. Try to have empathy for the other person and always remember God's forgiveness. Never forget it because why? He forgave me. And my goodness, if he could forgive me, then I owe it uh, to forgive like he did, right? And then continue to forgive. You know, the Bible talks about seven times 70, right? So we have to continue that process. So, and then also pray for that person. In Matthew, Jesus commands us to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Um, and so you've got to pray for them, whether you feel like it or not. It's a biblical truth that will change your life. You know, it's funny last night, my husband turned on this movie and it was about this guy who went to, um, he accidentally killed someone in the process of a robbery. He was, he, he was brought up in the system. He had lived a life of crime. He didn't, you know, he was his culture, his understanding. He didn't know any different. And so he literally accidentally shot someone during a robbery, went to jail and he had a little boy and the family was a, wanted to adopt that little boy. You talk about forgiveness. Oh my gosh. They took his son and they wanted to nurture and minister to their son. That is forgiveness. So let's talk about your thought life is very important. 
you know, where the mind goes, the man follows uh, your thought. You've got three types of thoughts. You've got your thoughts. You've got God's thoughts and you have thoughts that comes from the enemy. And you have to determine and discern which ones are what. Your eyes and your ears are the gates to your soul. We've heard that said, and we find it to be true in the book of Matthew. Uh, the lamp of the body is to the eye. Therefore, if your eye is good, the whole body is going to be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light um, in darkness, how much greater great is that darkness? What comes in your ears is certainly going to affect what you think. What comes in your eyes is going to affect what you think. Be careful. Be careful of what you allow to what you're feeding on, what you're listening to um, and all of those things. Because we, you know, in Second Corinthians, when it talks about uh, we, you know, we don't war against the flesh, right? Or I mean, we war against our flesh, right? But we war against the enemy. We do not war with flesh and blood. And a lot of times we'll think that, oh, our, our enemy is our husband, our neighbor, our boss, our coworker, whatever. But the Bible tells us that we have to take our thoughts captive and we have to bring them into the obedience of Christ. So if there is something there, like thoughts of things will never change, I'm here to tell you things can change and they will change. You're perspective has to change the way you look at it. You have to look at it through the lens of scripture because the enemy is going to continually lie to you. He's going to nag you through th thoughts and strategies. And we have authority over him and we forget to use our authority. Sometimes we buy into the lie and then that foothold becomes a stronghold. And before we know it, we're talking about it. We're thinking about it. We're meditating on it. And we have no time for God because we're wounding and, and nurturing our hurts and pains. So I want you to be careful of what you put in your eye. And, um, you know, all sins come from either the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes or the pride of life. And so these can be things that are going to cause you so many problems in your root system. And you want to have your mind like a garden, right? You want it to be flourishing. So let's look at some keys that will help you in that area. One, you've got to take your thoughts captive. Cast down vain imaginations, anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bring those thoughts into the obedience of Christ. What does Christ say about what? What does the word of God say about this? What lie am I believing that only the truth of God's word is going to heal? And then you have to renew your mind. OK, that goes back to um, going. This is goes way beyond affirmations and positive thinking. And I'm not knocking either of those, but in the world, they're just say it till you see it, fake it till you make it. Listen, it comes from renewing your mind of going to that place and allowing the word of God to get down in your spirit and just to really nurture those places and heal those things so that you can move forward. And you have to cultivate thankfulness. Thankfulness is huge. Huge, huge gratefulness is something even the world knows. You know, the biblical principles that God has given us, they work whether you're a Christian or not. That's why so many people are distorting the word of God and a new age movement has encrept into the church is because people know that these things work. And so whenever we're practicing gratitude, when you wake up in the morning, and before you go to bed, you try to come up with five things you're thankful for. Hey, if you're thankful for you got a pillow and did not sleep out in the cold. If you are thankful you got food in your refrigerator, whatever it is, as you practice these things, you're going to have a heart of gratitude. And it's going to change the way you think. It's going to change the way that you minister to others. And it's also going to give God the glory because you are thankful for what he did. If he didn't do anything else but the cross, it was enough. And everything else is just a bonus. So overall, if we're looking at keys, we're looking at committing and connecting to Christ. We're looking at renewing our minds. We're looking at healing life's hurts, you know, through counseling, coaching, whatever modality you choose to use. 
always forgiving and remembering that he forgave us first. That's a biggie. That's a biggie. In women's conferences over the years, if ever there was a session that was going to go over, it would be in the forgiveness time, right? Watch for generational patterns. Deal with those things. Use your authority in Christ. God is, Jesus went to the cross and he gave us the authority. And so, and then continue to commit to a lifelong walk of freedom. Because like I said, this side of heaven, there are going to be things that we go through and we have to cast down vain imaginations. Anything that exalts itself about the knowledge of God and walk in his truth, walk in his peace and walk in his love. The fruits of the spirit are fruits and they will grow. But if you're real, root system is clogged up, it will cause you some problems. So I just want to, you know, remind you that regardless of what's going on in your life, he is there for you. There is nothing too big for God. You know, and and whenever we're thinking about being strong in the Lord, not in our own ability. Okay. And that's where people miss it. They try to, like I said, fake it till they make it. They try to do it in their own understanding. And we have to acknowledge him in everything we do. And he directs our path. I love that scripture in, um, in Proverbs uh, three, five through eight, I believe trust in the Lord. (laughs) Right. And if we can just trust and how does trust, how do we build trust? We don't build trust with people. We don't know, get to know, Jesus, get to sit at his feet, allow him to come in and heal all of those areas and all those wounds. And remember that if you're going through some struggles, you know, Romans 8, 28 tells us that all things, not just some things, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever you've gone through, whatever trauma, whatever hurt, whatever you're going through right now, he will work it out for your good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so I'm here to say to you today that God is working on us and he will not stop working on us because he loves us so much. He has ransomed our heart and, and he wants to go in there and clean out all of that stuff so we can be true vessels for him. And I want to tell you that if your testimony and you're saying to yourself, I don't have any of these areas, you know, the Bible says that if we say we have no sin, come on, come on. We all have areas of our life that need a tune up. And like I said in the beginning, you don't drive a car without rotating the tires or changing the oil. And you don't go through this life and unscathed. You you know, everybody's got a flesh and everybody has had hurts. So I just want to close this out with some uh, comments that my associate uh, and assistant in ministry, uh, Michelle Lindsay, is amazing. She is someone that has uh, just part of Moving Forward Ministries, and I love her. And we are getting ready to have a conference, and she had taken down these little notes, and it just ministered to my heart. It said, let my lips be under God's control. Let my eyes be under God's control. Let my ears be under God's control. Let my thoughts be under God's control. Let my emotions be under God's control. Let my actions be under God's control. My attitudes under God's control. My responses under God's control. And my relationships under God's control. That's the thing, ladies. We struggle with control. We struggle with control because it's fear. And and again, fear has torment. We don't want to go there. So I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful that God came. It is for freedom. He set us free and he wants us to walk out the freedom walk. So I just want to go ahead and go to questions and answers at this time because we've got some things coming down the pipe. Uh, Audrey says, this is so hard to do in corporate America workplace. Let me just add to your, um, your comment there, Audrey. I'm going to tell you now, 
I understand that. I was in marketplace ministry for many, many years uh, before and I resigned in 2014 to do full-time ministry. I spent 15 years in uh, the insurance industry, which is stressful enough as it is. And it is hard because you're in the world and there's the constant carnality of the world and things and flesh. And, you know, the world tells you to, to claw your way to the top and all of these things that are not scriptural. But you are, if you were in the corporate world, you were there for a reason. And he has planted you there for a season. I actually, while I was in the corporate world, started a marketplace ministry called Basic Brothers and Sisters in Christ. And this is where corporate thrives whenever Christians are there. If all the Christians pulled out of the corporate world, it could be a dark place. It already is a dark place, but the same spirit that rise Christ from the dead is alive in you. So if you are in that place and if you are being persecuted on your job, cheer up, sister, it's going to be okay. You continue to be the light. And, you know, sometimes more things are caught than taught. Obviously, you know, we don't go into our workplaces with, um, you know, the attitude of, you know, the attitude that the some of the crazy preachers out there might say, turn or burn or preaching to our coworkers. Your life is an example. Your fruit is an, uh, a representation of who you are and the fragrance of Christ can flow through you. So sister, if you're having a hard time there, uh, I am telling you that is the truth. And Lori is talking about Proverbs 4.23, which I absolutely love that scripture. I had so many scriptures, sisters, that I just don't have time to share with you. And I'm glad that you mentioned that one because it says to guard your heart. Right. And because this is where all the issues of life come forth. This is an area where we have to be cautious and we have to be courageous because the, you know, the enemy is out there trying to seek and devour. You know, we know in John 10, 10, the Bible says a thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundant. And so I'm grateful for the abundant life that Christ died for. I'm grateful that I am not the woman I used to be. I am grateful that tomorrow I pray to not be the woman I am today. Every day I want to continually grow. So yes, we need more marketplace ministry. I would agree with that 100%. So start a Bible study, Audrey, on your lunch break if you can. Uh, <laughs> I just want to tell you guys now that it has been a joy to be with you. So what's your questions? What, what is your questions that you might have when it comes to the Freedom Walk on any of the areas we talked about? Now I know that you're thinking, oh my gosh, I was not ready for you this morning, Maggie, because I probably came at you as a fire hose with all of this information. Each one of these things I mentioned is just an introduction, okay? Just an introduction to some of the areas where we can get tripped up. We don't want to be tripped up. We want to be fully emptied out so that he can pour into us. Just like D Dwight uh, Moody said, empty me out, so that I can be filled with your love, your mercy, your kindness, your goodness to be able to serve any things. How do we walk in forgiveness and guard our hearts? Oh, man, that is huge. OK, so a lot of times when people are, are having they think guarding their heart is building a wall. <laughs> I'm going to protect myself. So therefore, I'm not going to be around those people. Jesus was a friend of the sinners. Jesus did not sin with the sinners. Okay. He did not do the things that they did, but he did not have a problem being around broken people. And the way that we guard our hearts as we are walk as we walk in forgiveness is allowing ourselves to look through the lens of how Jesus looked at them. Listen, humanity 
is in need of a savior. There are so many things that Jesus did while he was here on the earth, but Jesus came and gave us the authority to walk in that. And so when we are in that place, there's a balance of guarding your heart and walking in forgiveness. So I would say that would be boundaries. We have to have safe boundaries, right? And so when we're thinking about putting ourselves in a situation uh, that can be harmful, we have to draw that line in the sand and we have to say, okay, this person has hurt me before. So I'm going to walk in love regardless of the circumstances, but I'm also not going to allow this person to abuse me because that is drawing that boundary is truly guarding your heart. Boundaries are good things. Anything else? Okay, well, we're going to go into um, a little bit of an, uh, a time of giveaway after the Q&A, but I just want to see here. Any more questions? Go ahead and throw them out there. Nothing is, listen, if you were thinking a question, there's someone out there that is probably um, thinking the same thing. Michelle Lindsay says, God draws to a thankful, grateful heart. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. And that whole gratitude piece is something that we cannot ignore. It is such a wonderful blessing of the Lord. I am so incredibly grateful and thankful that he has taught us this. So um, I'm seeing here where uh, do life to the full ministries. Wow. I just totally love that name. Let me just say I love that. Do life to the full ministries. Living life to the full ministry is walking in the freedom that Christ has came. And so uh, fear stunts spiritual growth. He is with us. Yes. And amen. I would echo that. He is with us. God sees us. He's the God who sees and nothing is impossible. And so I do want to say that if you are going through trials and tribulations, don't be ashamed of it. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of reasons that we go through things here on this earth. You know, I'm in my fifties. Hormones are a real thing. Uh, there is something that needs to be addressed in our lives. And we want to make sure that God, we render those things to God. Don't be ashamed. Um, always allow him to do the work. So I am just going to throw it over here to Marnie real quick. And then we are going to get ready for a drawing. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Yeah? Okay, here's Marnie. Are you enjoying this? I'm so glad you're here. And I'm excited that in just a minute, we're going to announce the winners here for this session. You do have to be present to win a prize. However, anybody can ask for the swag gifts anytime over at the speaker session pages. So be sure to go over there and request the swag gift. At the bottom of her page, also, you'll find how to connect with her socially. We'd love for you to follow us, friend us, tweet us like that, and keep the connection going. Let's not end this today. Let's keep it going all the way through 2022 and beyond. We're excited to have you here. I hope that you will take a moment and tell a friend about Best You 2022. It doesn't end. You know, a lot of summits and conferences have you pay for the whole privilege to listen to the tapes later, but this is all free today and going forward. So you can invite your friends to listen anytime. They can download the schedule at the site, get a free ticket and download the schedule, and they can tune in whenever they have time. And you can go back and catch the sessions that you maybe missed later when you have a moment. I'm so glad you're here. This is an opportunity that I have to tell you thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for dedicating your life to Christ. Thank you for letting him live through you and shine through you. And God bless you and keep you and expand your territory in 2022.
Wow, I love that. I've seen a few more questions came in while Marnie was giving us that word of encouragement. And I do encourage you to share this with a friend. This is not going away. Uh, this will still, it'll be on my YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow me on uh, YouTube at Keys to Your Best Life. Uh, I do a lot of interviews with a lot of amazing people. I always say I know the coolest people on the planet. But we are going to take some more questions and answers real quick as they came in during that time. And so I'm looking here at the chat stream and Michelle Lindsay asked, how do I remain thankful in difficult situations? You know, I think that if we are practicing gratitude, that that is going to carry us through. So here's the thing. So it may be you're going through a difficult situation um, and with your child. Let's use that as an example. Maybe your son or daughter is a prodigal and it's really pulling on your heart and you're thinking to yourself, God, you gave me this child and all they're doing is they're calling me anguish and grief and I'm, my heart is so hurting because of this. I would say the remedy to that in gratefulness and thankfulness is, but God, you gave me a son. God, you gave me a daughter. You know, there are people out there that do not have children or cannot have children and God entrusted you with them and, and be faithful in the fact of knowing that he is working on their testimony. He has not forgotten them. He allowed us. He loaned kids to us for a period of time so that we could also uh, train them up. But they are his kids, right? Just like us, they are his kids. And so we want to just surrender that. Now, if maybe it's a situation where, you know, you got to get to work, your car's broke down and you're like going, you're stressed out because you need the income and you can't get to work. There are some people that do not have cars. Maybe your roof is leaking and you're just like going through this and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? My roof is leaking. There are people that have no roofs. They have no homes. So if we can always put ourselves in that position of saying, I am grateful and thankful for what you've done for me, God. I'm grateful and thankful for the little things. You know, the Bible says to be thankful for the little things and the increase comes. So if we, God can entrust us with the small things in life, then that increase will come and it'll come from peace and love and knowing that he is in control. Amen. And I've seen another one come through here. Um, Juliana says, how do we clean up our root systems without damaging the foundation of good roots? Oh my goodness. Okay. This is such a good question. And thank you for asking that. Our root system is very strong because our good roots go really deep. Those roots of prayer, those roots of surrender, those roots of all of those things, those go deep and they're strong and they are almost immovable because they are eternal. Things inside of, of heaven, um, earthly things are not going to last, but those eternal things that we sow for the kingdom are strong. And therefore, that we have to be delicate when we are dealing with our root system. And, and for those of you that are logging on late, uh, our root system could be all kinds of things going on down there. Hurts, trials, um, you know, illnesses, uh, emotional issues, you know, relationships, things that cause us to have insecurities and um, unforgiveness and bitterness and things like that. Those roots have to go and God will protect your good fruit. He will protect those good roots as you're removing these out. Yes, it might be painful when you think about going out into your garden and you think about like a root vegetable, like maybe like a, um, a beet or something that's got really deep roots, it might be painful. But as you surrender that to the Lord, it's going to be better and it's going to take a little bit more. So like maybe some of your roots, like maybe you've been offended with your husband and you deal with it quickly and you say, Lord, I choose to forgive. I'm walking in that. And you just go out there and you just pluck up that little thing and it comes up like an onion, you know, like a like a green onion, right? That doesn't have a real deep root, real easy to come up. But then you've got something like a um, 
uh, I don't know, uh, one of the root vegetables. It's got the real deep roots and it's going to take some more. Okay. If you grab that thing and just yank it up, it's going to cause some disturbance to your root system and the surrounding things around you. So you want to A, make sure that you have a safe environment. Maybe you need to just go away for the weekend and spend some time with the Lord. You need to cry your tears and feel your pain and not let it control you. That is some of the best advice I ever got from a previous pastor. I was like, man, that's really good. Because see, if you just yank it up and everything around you is shaken and, and, and you just feel like you just slung dirt all over your family or your coworkers or whoever you're around, you know, that's not God's intention. God is gentle. He wants to get in there. He wants to gently do that. And we are like onions, okay? We have layers. Some of the layers are real thick and some of them are real thin. And he will take and peel something off and he won't put us under more than we can bear. So he'll take that thing and he'll show it to us and he'll allow that to heal and then he'll show us something else. That's why we're constantly being transformed. That's why we are in that position to where we are allowing him to take those layers off to get to the root of the issue. So that's a very, very good question. So any more before we go into the drawing? Let's see here. Um. How do we clean up our root systems without Dan? Okay, that's the one I just answered. Okay, that's a good one. Very good. Okay, so I want to give away these drawings to you guys. I'm super excited that, first of all, that Marnie gave us the opportunity to do this. So those of you that are still here are eligible for it. And I'll tell you how it's going to work. Okay, you, I've got someone that's monitoring the chat stream. And the first person that types this into the chat stream will be the one to win. So I want you to get in key key position here, right? Ready to type because I'm going to give away two uh, 50 minute coaching sessions. And the first one is going to be based on my favorite scripture. And I've got so many, I couldn't narrow it down to one, but I will quote it. And if you can type the reference, the first person that can type the reference to this scripture will be the first winner, right? So the first winner of that. So get in your, get in your position to be typing ready because I know some people type faster than others. And I don't want you to be caught off guard. I don't want you to be drinking on your coffee or writing a note and miss out on this opportunity. So are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. So the first giveaway is for the scripture reference that, and I quoted it earlier. So you go ahead and get the wheels turning. I, I quoted it quite a few and there's a whole lot more I wanted to quote and did not have time. So this scripture reference is all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. First person in the chat stream to put that scripture reference will be the winner of the first giveaway in this broadcast. So what is it? What scripture reference is it? And I'm going to rely on my assistant who is out there working on behalf. And she is going to uh, she's going to send me a message here uh, in the private chat and let me know who the winner is. Da -da 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 -da. Drum roll, please. Sorry, I'm just so excited to be with you here today. Uh, <laughs> So the first winner of putting it in the chat stream, and I will repeat it just in case you did not hear it. All things who work together or all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Okay. Do we have a winner? The winner is Juliana Heisey. Yay, Juliana. Yes. 
you have won a 50 minute coaching session. And that way we can talk about your root system and we can see is there roots? Are there things going on in your life that you want to root up and get rid of, right? So congratulations, everybody give a shout out to her in the chat stream. Congratulations to her. And if you're thinking, oh man, I really wanted that, that coaching session, uh, then you will need to listen very carefully because I'm going to tell you a story. And as I tell you the story, at the end of the story, I'm going to tell you how old I was when this story happened. You are welcome. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. Yay! <laughs> I absolutely love it. And so the story is about uh, when I truly started walking with Christ. And at the end of the story, I'm going to tell you how old I was. So get to your keypad where you've got numbers. All right. If you got a 10 key, get ready. Uh, if you want across the top, however it is, if you're on a cell phone, get ready for your numbers. Because the first person that types in the H that I give at the end of the story will win the second coaching session. Okay. So I grew up Catholic and um, I, but I was not a practicing Catholic, right? When I was a little girl, I used to hold mass in the neighborhood. I would gather kids in the neighborhood. I would line them up. We had a uh, garage that was in a basement. It had a hill, a slant, and I would line them up like they were at church and I would talk about Jesus and they would come and I'd have them take, I would take confessions. I was just a little girl. I was like nine years old. Okay. I had a call on my life, not to be a priest, but to minister to people in the fashion of using God's word. But a lot of trauma came in. A lot of things happened to me that caused me to shut down. It caused me to live a very reckless lifestyle. It caused me to shut down and live a dysfunctional life that totally stole half of my life. So later on in life, after I had gone through all kinds of horrible things, I went through, um, you know, abuse. I went through, um, you know, rape. I went through trauma of all kinds, uh, drug abuse, uh, you name it, all of those things that took place. Later on in life, I found myself a very bro broken, broken woman not just a little bit broken. I mean, really, really broken. I looked through the lens of rejection. I looked through the lens of fear. All of these things would stop me from moving forward in my calling. It was when I started really allowing the Lord to come in and to tear down the walls. It was halfway through my life when I finally got a revelation that he truly did love me and he did care about me. He wasn't a God up there ready to take me out because of my mistakes. He wasn't afraid of my past sins. He was looking at me as I reached out for the hem of the garments, telling me, go and sin no more. I found Jesus in a place of desperation in 1997. I thought I was a Christian. If someone had told me I wasn't a Christian, I would have been offended. I had a Bible sitting on my coffee table. Of course, yes, it had a lot of dust on it. I had the prayer for St. Francis of the Sissy hanging in my living room. I had the Ten Commandments hanging in the kitchen. I had the Lord's Prayer hanging in my bedroom. You would have thought if you walked in my house that I was a Christian. I was not a Christian. I did not know Jesus. I knew about Jesus, and there's a big difference. I was a broken-winded woman that he was trying to rescue. As he was in the process... He already had been dealing with me for years, sending people into my life. He totally lavished his love on me. He forgave my sins. When I was real with him and said, okay, okay, here I am. I am broken. Lord, save me. He came and he rescued me from my mess. He turned my life around. Did I still have to walk through some things? Yes, there was a process. I had a lot of roots, a lot of junk, and I'm still on the potter's wheel, and I will be until Jesus comes back. But I am not the woman I was in 1997. 
at that age, are you ready? At that age, there's a key word, right? Get ready. I was 33 years old. 33 years old. That is the number that first person to type it into the chat stream will get that second hour. 33 years old. 33 years old. So Michelle's going to let me know who the first person to type in 33 and they will get that second hour of coaching. So if you've already won one, we're going to get somebody different. So I know that, you know, some of you are quicker than others. So who might it be? Drum roll, please. Oh, come on, y'all. I know you're out there. I see you. I see the numbers. I know that you're out there. Who is going to type in the 33? And while we're waiting on that, I just want to point out that um, I want to thank you for joining us this morning. I know that I gave you a lot of information really fast, but I wanted to hit you with a fire hose mentality so you would stop and say, oh my gosh, it is time. I will not stay in the place that I'm in. I will move forward. I will not be dismayed by my circumstances. I will allow the work of the Holy Spirit to be there to lead and guide me and to heal me and restore me. So you can find me. Uh, I'll have uh, my assistant there put up the website. I want you to go to my website. I want you to subscribe. Okay, subscribe to the website so that you can get information on what is going on, what's going down the pipe. If you are in the Middle Tennessee area next Saturday, uh, and I've got some people that are watching together. So it looks like Greta, 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 congratulations. I am so blessed to have that because uh, Greta is very, very special. I know her personally, and I know that she is a young woman who is smart enough to know that that she needs to have a checkup. We all need to have a checkup. We all need to go and say, Lord, here I am. What, what is stopping me from stepping? What is blocking me from stepping out in faith in what you've called me to do? So I want you guys to take a look at the website. I want you to go and uh, make sure that you sign up. Over on the main stage, you can sign up for the uh, download of the 14 days to your mountaintop experience, which is basically just some thoughts that I had with God on my first uh, 14 days living out in the Ridge. In 2014, when I resigned from the corporate world and I moved out in the country to do a homesteading lifestyle to become more sufficient um, lifestyle on the Lord and his resources. So I'm very grateful. So shout out to Greta and to Juliana, the winners today for the giveaway. And I want to thank you all for watching. Please find me on all the social media platforms and share this out with a friend. Share this with someone that needs some encouragement. You know, a lot of times it's hard for us because pride gets in the way and we think that's not me. I'm a Christian. I don't have any of those is issues. Greta is smiling. I love that. We are smiling as well. Hallelujah. So I want to thank you all for being here with me today. Make sure that you check out all of the other broadcasters. You can go back and watch them. If you are registered and watching this, we want to thank you. Marnie is an amazing woman of God who set up the summit, and I'm forever grateful for the new you in 2022. We will see you all next time. At the next event, uh, I broadcast on my Facebook page, YouTube, and on Creative Motion Network, which is on the Roku station. Uh, so go and check me out in those areas and see what God has to say to you through me, because I want to be that empty vessel. But I am transparent enough to know that I still am constantly taking a checkup 
from the neck up. I am constantly looking at the woman in the mirror to be who God has called me to be. Thank you for joining us. And you all will see you next time. We'll see you around the web or in person if you're here locally. God bless you guys. See you next time. Bye-bye.